when people find you, how can you give them a quick win? win, win. <laughs> everyone what's up today i have a special episode for you for two reasons so first the guest today is someone that you probably already know very well if you're listening to this podcast so my guest today is pat flynn founder of smart passive income i was actually um i already interviewed pat in episode number eight of this podcast and also was interviewed by pat himself on spi in episode 326 so if you haven't yet be sure to go and listen to those uh, after this episode Pat is a podcast host and lifestyle entrepreneur, which I admire greatly, as you all know. And I was so happy and so I'm so grateful so to have been part of his mastermind, the SPI Accelerator, for the past year. We just finished the whole year um, in March, and it was just an amazing experience. The second reason this episode is special for me is because we actually recorded it live in Pat's offices in San Diego. I just visited in a couple of weeks ago and uh, we sat down in his office and we just like, you know, it was kind of like more than a conversation uh, rather than an interview. So it's going to be very special. Um, in the conversation, we actually talked about Pat's new book, Superfans, and how you can build Superfans yourself. We talked about how to break through the noise as an up and coming entrepreneur. And we talked about the cons and pros of different social media outlets and content sources. So it was very interesting for me to pick Pat's brain on the topics and uh, also hearing about his new books and the concepts in the book. So I'm super happy to share this conversation with you today. Uh, by the way, in the episode, we also decided to run a giveaway for 10 copies of Pat's new book. So listen carefully as we mentioned this later in the episode. So without further ado, I present to you Pat Flynn. Let's get started. Yo, 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 what's up, creative entrepreneurs? Sagi here, and welcome to the Creative Preneur Show, the podcast where digital creatives share their stories on how they've instilled greatness into their own lives and the lives of others. Where we discuss strategies for online businesses, personal branding, mindset, design, digital marketing, storytelling, high achievement, and so much more. Everything we need in order to build our influence, our brand, and our businesses, in order to build a life of impact. Dude, dude, what's up, man? Dude, what's up? Great seeing you. Good to see you too. And thank you so much for uh, inviting me to see your new office and workspace. Yeah, we're at the WeWork in La Jolla, California right now. We're actually in a conference room and down the hall there is my new office that's getting built out right now for video and podcasting. So I showed it to Sigi earlier. It's a mess right now, but it's <laughs> going to get improved, I promise. Yeah, and Pat told me about the plans to make it like soundproof, although it's in a workspace. So I think it's like one of the uh, challenges that if you manage to tackle the right way, it would be freaking amazing. Like give a lot of inspiration to others to also, you know, have podcasting rooms and open spaces. Right, and, and I hope to do that with the transition from mess to the studio that we want. We're gonna film every bit of the process along the way. So during this interview, uh, again, I'm very thankful to be here, man. You might hear people because there's a conference room right behind us and there's like a, a door over there. So if you hear stuff, we're just we're just in an office. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of one of the things as an entrepreneur, you kind of use what you have access to to make it work. Right. And I think it's one of the things that is just like, look at this gear. Like we have the lev mics, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like, you guys aren't seeing it, but it's like there's the camera and it's far away from us so you hear us great because i love mics and on the uh the camera itself is pat's phone which is an iphone 10 and like on it we have just a, a zenvo lens which just it's just a wide lens for the iphone so right so like, you get the whole sort of sofa here yeah. and both of us there's so many tools now i think it's it's kind of endless it's just it's up to your imagination right, right. yeah so yeah, dude, like you have a new book coming out, super fans. I do, I, awesome. you wanna see the cover? Yes. Cool, so I don't have the book ready yet. Actually, here's the book book. This is like a manuscript and it's just like our printer sent this to us so we can make sure it's the right ink color, the right page color and the right sizing and everything. So that's what this is, not very interesting right now. But what is most interesting is this layout that our designer made, as you can see here. Nice. This is the full dust jacket. It's called a dust jacket, right? So this is a hardcover book that this part and this part, not that part, this part here sort of fold over the back and the front of the book. And then this is the cover here. And as you can see, it says super fans. It's the name of the book. But above that, you see followers, subscribers, and customers, but they're crossed out. And it really speaks to what this book is about. It's, it's to help you not get more of those things but to get super fans because that's the most important thing in my opinion that any business should create because when you have super fans you do get those things but 
your followers uh, are not just numbers, they're real right. people. And it, right. it requires a certain level of understanding of their experience in your brand to help them go to that level where then they're gonna buy every uh, product, they're gonna read every single blog post, watch every single video, listen to every single podcast, they're gonna market for you without even asking. And it doesn't take very many of them to really support your business and your brand and your mission and, and your life. Yeah. So I think all businesses, whether you are a solopreneur or a Fortune 500 company, you can benefit from the information in this book. And it's sort of my life's work, it seems, because Superfans is, is really what helped me get to where I am today with Smart Passive Income. I even have Superfans for my architecture website, which is really interesting. And so yeah, I nice. just this is all my sort of knowledge about that topic and the research that I did poured into uh, something that'll help you too. Hey, I'm a super fan, man. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So the super fans, it's like something that I really connected to when I first heard you talk about it in social media marketing world last year. Um, and it's a concept that I also kind of like in my blog, in, in Israel, my Israeli blog, I put it into, into practice. One of the things that I always try to give is like a lot of value and I get people that really will just, you know, in a way, just like me, you know, sure. just I'm not, you know, and, and when I have products that are good for them, then I can sell it to them. But I think one of the most problematic things today with building a community, a new audience, and I'm experiencing it right now with my current community, Creativepreneur, is that uh, discoverability has gone down really, really hard. Right. So mm -hmm. if just a couple of years ago, I managed to build like I managed to, for instance, with Hacking UI in my previous design blog, I managed to infiltrate a space with so many huge design blogs, but I managed to grow a super huge blog, huge email list, like in no time. And the email list became so engaged because I wrote from the heart, you know, and like today you can write from the heart all you want. But the problem is when the community is small, like you're building those super friends one at a time. Yeah, that's, that's great in a way. But your like your possibility of growing a big community, has gone way down in podcasting, in YouTube, on uh, social media, yeah. right? Like because every message that you put out there just like gets vaporized. Some it, it gets vaporized in all the noise from all the other people reaching out to them, but it also is getting vaporized with all the algorithms right. that are getting in the way, right. whether it's search engine or the YouTube algorithm or podcasting. I mean, podcasting in particular has just been very terrible at findability. So you can create the best message in the world, but uh, in many cases, unless you work on certain things to market that thing, then it's not gonna be found, and that's right. kind of sad. And I think it's something that I would love to talk to you about and kind of basically get your advice on yeah. uh, today, because in a way, I feel that me like you know being a giver and wanting to always give value, I don't need to hear about making super fans. Like I have that experience in a way, and I feel a lot of the people watching right now are listening First of all, you gotta buy the book. Like that's for sure. We're gonna do that. Thank um, you. And second is like, by the way, let's do a giveaway. Like, so I will buy books. Sounds good. Ten books. Thank you. From you. Thank you. Um, and then what I want is like for us to now say, let's whoever right now uh, takes a screenshot of this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening to this in podcast format. Just take a screenshot right now of your device and share it on social media and then tag both of us. Ooh, tag maybe, they, maybe they could take a screenshot of this. Right, awesome. <laughs> if you're watching the video, you can take a screenshot okay, take a right screenshot now of, this. of the super fans because this is video format, but if you're listening in a podcast, then all good. Uh, just take yeah, you can yeah. take a screenshot of this part of the podcast that you're yeah. listening to, get the title or whatever. Yeah. But uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can take a screenshot of this and at tag me on Pat Flynn. Yeah, P at Pat Flynn, P-A-T-F-L-Y-N-N. And tag Sagi Schreiber. And yeah, just make sure that it gets out and we'll see it. We'll also share it on our socials. The first 10 that tag, that I will just pick some and, and send you the, the books, 10 books. Cool. Sounds good? Awesome, thanks good. man. All right, appreciate sure. that. Sure, so, uh, um, all right, so that's one thing. So, and so creating super friends, like you're gonna learn how to create super friends, all great. And I think a lot of the people watching right now are also givers. Like I guess people that I feel my audience is connected to me in the same way that like, my character is in a way. So they're also good people, like people that are connected to you are also mm -hmm. like good people, like preaching to the choir about like building the right, right. fans right. in a way. Right. The tactics in the book, I would like to talk about them later, but discoverability, that's I think one of the main challenges in building a community uh, and getting super fans. Right, and that's one of the cool things about super fans is they will help you get discovered. Right. They bring people in for you, but they don't bring cold people in. They bring people in along with that recommendation. 
And a lot of times you could work as hard as you want to get new people in your brand, but it will never be as powerful as if somebody who was already in your brand bringing new people in first because that comes from a true recommendation. And so that's why I think Superfans is sort of a really nice sort of perpetuating sort of marketing strategy. So if you are just starting out, like even if you have five people who are on your email list, who are they? What do they need? And, and, and how can you help them, right? The analogy I like to use is if you're walking down the street and you see like a penny, you know, one cent coin, you see it, you're going to pass over it. It's not even worth your time to kind of pick it up, right? But what if you saw something that was like a quarter, 25 cents? Well, then maybe you might stop and pick it up. Some people will probably still keep going. But if you found a dollar, one dollar bill, like you're going to stop and pick it up, right? right? But then here's where most people get it wrong. They, you know, add value, right? It's obvious that one dollar is worth more than one penny. So mm -hmm. therefore, people will spend the time to stop what they're doing and pick it up and put it in their pocket. But that's where people stop when it comes to marketing. That's just the findability mm -hmm. part. You have value, that's good. People are looking for answers. You're giving them those answers, that's great. But what's the likelihood that a person's gonna put a dollar in their pocket and then think about it every day and then tell their friends about that dollar? You know, that's where we need to think about. So how can you get people to, when they find you, to stop, pick you up, put you in their pocket, but then share you with everybody? Mm -hmm. That whole sharing aspect, and it's, right. it's way beyond the value. It's the experience, right? right. And so here's what you might do. When people find you, how can you give them a quick win? Exactly. So even if it's five people, what's one thing you can do for those five people that they were never able to do before or something that uh, they didn't have before they found you? Because when that happens, then they're gonna talk about you, right? This is why, have you ever heard of The Miracle Morning by sure. Hal Elrod? Yeah, love that book. Great book, very short read, and the beauty of his book is that it gets people to change their behavior almost overnight, literally overnight. Yeah because the miracle morning is about waking up earlier and doing these self-improvement practices in the morning, right? So meditation, affirmations, visualizations, exercising, reading, and, and journaling, right? That's the sort of six things. And what happens is you feel this immediate change in who you are because you changed your behavior. You went to bed earlier, you woke up earlier, you did all these things. And then what happens? You're telling your friends about it. Hey, I just did this thing. I woke up at 4.30 this morning. So why did you wake up at 4.30? Oh, I'm doing this thing called the Miracle Morning. You gotta check it out, right? So um, it's an immediate behavior change. And if you can incorporate that into whatever it is that you're teaching, even if it's like you're t teaching design, what's something that you could teach somebody who finds you about your style of design that could give them something that they could take home and, and implement right away, yeah. um, it's, it's, that's what people start talking about. That's the problem with Will It Fly. So I have another book called Will It Fly and it didn't have the same sort of effect that uh, Miracle Morning did because that book is about starting your businesses and validating your ideas, right? Yeah. That's not something that happens overnight. Right. That's something that takes a long time and plus people don't like to talk about their business ideas which might fail. Right. But people love to talk about how much more energy they have and get their friends involved and then tell their friends to go buy that book. And that's why in Brazil alone, he sold over a half million copies. Wow. Half a million copies in Brazil alone. Holy shit. Because that stuff spreads, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. about that small little behavior change. And yeah. so if you wanna help people, which I know we all do, if you wanna change a person's life, start by changing their day first. Got start it. at the micro level, yeah. and they're gonna continue to come back, and then they're gonna continue to pay you more and more and, and wanna invest more of their time in you. And that's a great way to get more discoverability because it's through the people who you're already helping versus SEO and Facebook ads and right. all the stuff that we're doing, right? Um, which is important, but that's where people stop. But then what happens when, when you finally get those people to your site? Right. It's like, oh, you're not focusing on that because you're trying to get more and more people versus providing that quality sort of experience uh, and creating those uh, you know, memorable and shareable moments with people. So basically we have like the first tip as you say is like bring the people in and just give them a quick win, right? Are there specific strategies to find that quick win? Yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing is uh, trying to understand what their biggest questions are and their most common questions are. So number one, the, the best thing you can do is have conversations with them and ask questions like what are you struggling with right now? What's your number one challenge related yeah. to blank? And just listen and start to keep track of what people are saying. But just a question, if you bring new people into your community or like your content, then it's hard to ask them questions because they're still not interested in you. So it's kind of like the loop of like, how do you, how do you form that kind of like relationship and, commu and communication? Great question. And I think you have to flip the script. 
you can't try to be interesting yourself. Right. You have to be interested in them. Mm -hmm. So that's why asking questions, what would help you instead of like, hey, how can I help you? It's like, hey, what would, what would solve your problems? Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. And if you're creating a community, for example, on Facebook, you have the ability to ask questions before people can join, right? right? And one of those questions should be, what are you struggling with the most right now? Right. And then when you can answer those questions up front, or let's say a person joins the community and then pinned at the top is, hey, look at this, there's the answer to the most common questions. Right. Wow, okay, I must be in the right place. Right. You're speaking my language, you're already helping me, I got a quick win, and look at all these other people who are here getting help too. Got it. So that's really key. Now, if you don't have access to people and can't ask them questions in a Facebook group or in person, uh, first of all, getting to where those people are is great. So you yeah. traveling to different conferences, for example, you get to talk to people in real life, and that's that's great. That's you know my invention, uh, the SwitchPod, which is a tripod, that came out of going to conferences where there are other videographers and just right. getting the courage to ask them, hey, what are you struggling with when it comes to your tripod? Yeah. What do you think of this thing? You know, all that stuff has been really helpful. But there are conversations happening online right now that people are talking about their biggest struggles, their biggest pains. Uh, it's what bloggers and are, are writing about. It's what YouTubers are YouTubing about. It's what people are commenting about right. uh, in different channels on Reddit, on uh, you know other forums. Like go in there and discover what those conversations are about, and then create the best solution there is about that. The best doesn't mean the longest. It just means you know you're able to help them in a simple way, better than yeah. others. And I think like a lot of people that like open new communities and stuff, they open it based on their own expertise and experience. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to, to just get out there and start writing from what you already know without even uh, researching your audience. First, right. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, you're right. You should definitely go from the approach of first, like, you know, not trying to be interesting, but just finding out what people are interested yeah, stop. in. Exactly. You said it perfectly. And I think the other part about this is you can provide value, not just based on your experience, but the experience of others. So right. Sagi, for example, inviting me onto this channel or podcast or video channel to talk, like he is providing me value that he can't provide himself. So his connections, his relationships are able to help you and that increases your authority. It also gives me some exposure and also helps you at the same time. So everybody wins. In addition to that, there's the sort of curation of information and resources and tools out there. So Sagi creating, you know, guides about, you know, uh, he even talked about earlier, like how are we filming this? He gave you the list and that makes him look like an expert to you who is wondering those questions, right? So with all the tools we have available, being a curator of that, of all those tools and right. finding the best ones so that you don't have to go searching for them yourself, right. that positions you as an expert, that helps you and that right. helps you become a fan and then right. go, oh, you got to check out Sagi, friend, because he has all the stuff that has been already helpful for me and now your business grows. Yeah. As long as you're making the internet a better place, then I think that you're going to win. Just yeah. you got to figure out, well, what would make it a better place for people? I think it's, it's in a way just being resourceful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that you can talk to and they will not share their, you know, secrets or how they do what they do, right? Right. It's very um, uh, sort of closed-minded um, sort of they think that they think very closed-mindedly whereas like right. very successful people as you know have this mindset of abundance right like hey I'm gonna share it with you and you yeah. use it however you want just like Elon Musk right he shared right. all of his plans for right. all of his electric cars um, and me sharing my income reports and all my strategies um, yeah. and yet people still come yeah. and want to pay yeah I mean that's that's amazing that's exactly like the, the thing that people a lot of people don't get I was like, you gotta be bold and share the stuff that uh, other people just don't share. And that will bring attention, a lot of attention, right? And um, I do talk about that in my book, actually. It's, yeah. I, I call it opening the factory doors. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever attended or went to like a behind the scenes sort of tour about like, you know, your favorite beer company or chocolate company yeah. or, you know, you go to Universal Studios and the most popular ride is the backlot tour where you go see the stage, the sound stages and right. all the things like, People love to see how you do what you do. And yeah. one quick way to build fans and to get people interested in your stuff uh, is to show them what they're interested in, which is like, how do you do what you do? There's a show on the Science Channel called How It's Made. And it's just like, it's been, I don't know how, 27 seasons of just inside the factory showing how they make tires, how they make coffee mugs. And it's yeah. just, people are glued to that stuff, right? Yeah. So when you let people in a little bit, they're going to go, whoa, like I know something that other people don't. Right. I get to see behind the scenes. Yeah. And when you have information that other people don't, what do you do with it? 
you share it, share it right yeah. because it's like yeah. you have something special and you look cool because you know these things so right. uh, um, you know yeah. that's that's huge I, I remember I checked once did a whole research about what makes an article viral and one of the things was anything that makes you sound smarter when you share it because then you would want to share it totally right? totally yeah so when you learn new stuff or even just a you know new tools to use you go and share that and say oh Pat talked about how he built this studio and you know so definitely definitely valid uh, points there and by the way like regarding asking your community do, do you know the ask method have you yeah I mean I've read uh, you're talking about Ryan Levesque's book ask yeah yeah like the masterclass and all that stuff like yeah I mean he he's been, Ryan Levesque, the author of Ask, and he has another book uh, that just came out Choose. called Choose. An amazing book. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been instrumental in how I've been able to better help my audience because by asking simple questions, you can begin to understand who is in your audience right. and how to help them and the language to use and all those kinds yeah. of things. The language is, is key too because, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about the same things and if you can really define the problem in, in a way that a person goes, oh, wow, like Ziggy understands what my needs are, what my problems are. I mean, they're gonna automatically uh, assume that you have a solution. That's why in addition to understanding the problems, uh, you have to find out the language. I call it in the book, the lyrics, right? It's like, think of a song, any good song has lyrics that you resonate with that yeah. you're like jamming your head. Oh my gosh, like I've experienced that too. So um, knowing your audience and knowing how they speak is, is key. And then getting your community involved a little bit uh, is another way to bring that community together. I mean, one of my favorite parts about the book is about how to get your community to feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. So the language that you use, the culture that you have, and featuring community members is, right. is a cool thing. Right. So uh, one thing I did, I remember in episode 275, I, in, I interviewed on my podcast three of my podcast students. But I didn't ask them things like, hey, tell me why my course was great and, and yeah. you know how yeah. I helped you. I just asked questions about why did you want to start a podcast? What was life like before? What did you struggle with? And, and how did you get through that? And of course, naturally, yeah. my stuff pops up yeah. and it becomes the most genuine testimonial. Right. And I had, I've even, and still today, get people emailing me saying, hey, it was you know, Dr. B in that episode 275 who like, I really connected with, or it was Rob and, and his you know, story that I really connected with and now I'm a student of yours too. Yeah. Um, so featuring your community members, using the platform that, that you built, uh, even if it's a small one, to highlight them, it makes them feel really special. Then of course, when you highlight somebody, what do they do? They share it, right? It's, yeah. like, it's like they're on the news or something. Yeah. And they bring new people in and, and that can help grow your community and get more exposure too. That's awesome. So super valid tips. I want to ask you about um, going back to the discoverability issue for a second. Mm -hmm. So as you know, I have the podcast, it's uh, the Creativepreneur Show, and I've experimented with doing, uh, at the beginning I started it with Facebook Lives and also the podcast. And then what I found out is people don't stay on Facebook, right? They don't watch the videos on Facebook, but, right. but then they also don't subscribe to my podcast. Why? Because they feel they watched it on, on Facebook. They're like, they watch two minutes, they will not go and now watch the whole entire thing. They feel like there's more new fresh stuff waiting for them inside the podcast app mm -hmm. when they're in the drive to work. So I said, okay, podcast only, no more Facebook yeah, Live. Good for you. Right? And then I feel now, now I, I really look at, I look at the podcast statistics and now being, having two podcasts already and this is my third podcast, now like, this is growing super freaking slow. Like, and I'm giving tons of value. I'm interviewing people like, like I already interviewed you. I interviewed, like, I interviewed amazing entrepreneurs and amazing stories. And I'm feeling like discoverability in podcasts is very hard. And I'm, I was thinking about it and I'm like, okay, wait. So I, you know, I have to choose a strategy and I'm looking now, um, like truly, I'm looking into going into YouTube for the second half of um, 2019, cool. looking into building the YouTube strategy and I'm feeling like, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just my audience, or I don't know, like I'm feeling that people nowadays, they still hear, listen to podcasts, but there is a problem with podcasting in terms of discoverability because there's no podcast search engine. YouTube is the second largest uh, engine in the, right, in the world. And yeah, I mean, you can't compare YouTube and podcasting right, right now. I mean, there's 500 million YouTube channels and less than 1 million podcasts. But that just tells you that we're very early in the days of podcasting. Discoverability, you are absolutely 100% right. It is terrible right now. The best way to get discovered on a pod, like to get people to subscribe to your show, is to be on another person's podcast because mm -hmm. they're already on the app and they can easily find yours, right? You Versus, yeah. you know, imagine paying for an ad 
on Facebook to then subscribe to your podcast. You have to interrupt them, you have to get them to click, you have to get them to press play, then you have to get them to subscribe. There's so many steps versus you being endorsed by a podcast host to go and listen to your show. So right now, the best way to get your podcast discovered is to be on another person's podcast. So that's number one. And just to, to comment on that, it's also a problem when you're a guest on the podcast because people are in the drive or doing something, they're busy, they're not gonna stop pause the podcast in their podcasting app and then go find you and add you and subscribe. It's like usually almost like, it feels to me that this is also a problem, right? It's a challenge, but but if you give the person a reason to subscribe, they will. Yeah. So another way to do that is to do an exchange. So you are on another person's podcast, but then they are on your podcast too because they will go to your show to listen to their favorite person. Right. They don't know you quite yet, but they'll go there to listen to their person. Yeah. And if you have like a part two on your show or a second sort of uh, take on the issue on your show, then you give people a reason to come. Right. However, it's time to get excited because Apple and Spotify and all these other big players are starting to finally paying, paying attention to podcasts. I don't know if right. you recently heard, but iTunes is gonna die soon. Right, yeah. Apple Podcasts is gonna be an app on your desktop now where yeah. findability is gonna be, gonna be better. Plus, they are going to, just similar to YouTube, use AI and machine learning to understand the words that you're saying in your podcast, and that's Got gonna it. be searchable as okay. well. Got it. So I'm hoping with over 1,300 episodes recorded <laughs> and all those words that I've said that those things will sort of pop up in searches and I'm expecting a big search bar in Apple Podcasts, because right now with iTunes, it's like in the upper right-hand corner. It is a search engine and some people use it, but it's yeah. it's nothing like YouTube right now. I'm, yeah. hope, I'm hoping for, you listen to an episode, then it'll say, hey, listen to other podcasts similar to yours after, yeah. just like a YouTube video, hey, recommended videos, right? Right, right. Um, uh, you know, uh, other should, podcasts similar to yours. It should be audio supported. It should be like, there should be a podcasting app where there is audio support, there is search engine, uh, like, you know, with audio support. Like, these kind of stuff should be integrated into podcasting apps, I think. Like, this is like... And they will, they will. Yeah. They will. So, and Spotify um, also bought... NPR and, um, uh, they and, bought, and Anchor. They bought Gimlet Anchor. Media yeah. uh, and, and Anchor, and that's exciting. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars spent. So they're yeah. putting a lot of investment into podcasting. So although yeah. it's tough now, I would stick with it for sure. And I think when it comes to the audience, it's just staying and remaining consistent. Mm-hmm. And because I, I'm at a point now, having done it for years, where if I miss my deadline, then people get upset. Right. right, because right. that's that's the interesting thing about podcasting. There's pros and cons to, to all channels, right? But with podcasting, people make it a habit to on their commute every day to work or on a right. specific day, they listen to you and it's, it becomes a part of their life. And that's something that's very different than blogging or YouTube even. Yeah. Um, and there are people who are using you know multiple channels in, in interesting ways, but I think that picking one and that being your home channel, uh, whether it's podcasting or YouTube, is, is good. Okay, got it. So I'm just like, I'm thinking for myself and also for the people that are now out there. Like, so in YouTube, because it's a search engine, it seems like you still have ways to hack discoverability. So basically, like hacking discoverability is available on YouTube, whereas podcasting is still not. So Correct. for me, getting my word out there, do you think I should switch to YouTube? As like the podcast is already out there. Like I'm interviewing and it's out there. I'm I'm not going to stop interviewing people, and I have a backlog, and it's all good. Like the podcast is still going, and I have the process. I have my editor. I can keep on doing it. But I'm just like thinking about investing in YouTube because obviously all those things and everybody is you know right now listening to us or watching us. It's like they say I have my day job. I need to. I don't have so much time to create content. So where do I put my time? Right. Um, to build the first process. So do you recommend to them starting on YouTube with like five minute like quick videos that are actually, like you said, the quick wins videos on YouTube? They answer a specific question because it's a search engine. Mm-hmm. What are people gonna search for? They're not gonna search for uh, on a one hour long podcast. Right. Right. They're searching for how do I design my yeah. app logo? Yeah. Then you have maybe in a podcast episode, a small section where you talked about that exact answer. So you can repurpose, but not, you know, yes, you can put the full episode on YouTube and there's gonna be some super fans who will sit and watch and listen to the whole thing. Right. Joe Rogan, same thing. Mm-hmm. He has three hour long podcasts and they mm-hmm. are in full. Yeah. Uh, he benefits from having a lot of celebrities on too. So people do wanna watch him and, and the guests the whole time. But he also has little clips right. that, are about, that are from larger episodes, but they answer specific questions. Mm-hmm. 
and like one, I remember he did an interview with somebody who was all about like secret government things in the US and one of those little clips, and it was my way of finding that episode and then listening to the whole thing was like, why was Area 51 built? Oh, it's the lady, right? Yeah, that lady yeah, who was yeah, super weird, it. by the way. Yeah. She, was, she wasn't even answering his questions. But yeah. um, I listened to the full thing on the podcast because I found that clip on YouTube yeah. about one very specific thing that I was interested in. So on YouTube, most important, your title and your thumbnail. Mm -hmm. Title and thumbnail are less important in podcasting right now. There is no thumbnail on podcast, by the way, currently. Right. But I think uh, there may be something like that available in the future, and, and the title for sure is gonna be really important. Yo, yo, what's up, creativepreneurs? So if you listened up until now, and I just want to drop in and let you know that the new batch of the Creativepreneur Accelerator is now open for enrollment. Now, that is to when this episode came out, and it's only for a limited time, um, just because we have limited seats available in the accelerator itself. So if you are interested in this six-month program where I will mentor you and a group of like-minded creative entrepreneurs in order for you guys to just scale up your business and also build your tribe, then this is perfect for you and I would love to talk to you. We have a landing page. It's on creativepreneuraccelerator.com or you can also find it in the show notes, probably in the Facebook group of creativepreneurs. If you find this relevant for you, just go to the landing page. Then you can book an enrollment call with me through that landing page and we can just hit it off and kind of like, I would love to hear about what your vision for yourself is. Where do you want to see yourself? How can I help you grow your business um, and take your creative skills in order to build a tribe and multiple revenue streams? I'm very excited about this because I've seen what it does to others and I know I can help you if you are a creative and you have a service-based business and you want to grow a tribe of your own, produce content and create a brand for yourself by having an online presence where you also educate others based on your experience, this is perfect for you. It's exactly what I've done and generated obviously a six-figure business off of this, multiple six-figure business just off of this in less than a year and a half. So I can definitely help you get there as well. So again, creativepreneuraccelerator.com, book the enrollment call, and we will talk. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah. And I think that, so, okay, going back to the question. Newbie or like, not newbie, but I want to launch a community. I'm an expert at something, right? I'm a copywriter. I'm a designer. Sure. I want to launch a, a, a community around my, uh, my niche. Should I go on YouTube or podcasting right now? What do you think? I would prefer podcasting because it's simpler. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about all the video equipment and all that stuff that, you know, there's a certain level of standard now when it comes to just the quality of right. stuff. Right. And there's less to worry about with podcasting and with podcasting and how quickly it's growing. I mean, there's less noise out there. Mm -hmm. um, you're more likely to build a community faster on podcasting, but you're more likely to build a bigger community in the long run on YouTube. Yeah. So there's, like I said, and there's a discoverability issue as well. So basically on YouTube, you'll get discovered quicker if you do the work right, if you do the work properly, right? Maybe, right. It, it depends on a lot of things, right? Yeah. The, the, there is discoverability there, but there's also way more competition. Right. I'm just, yeah, it's, it is what, what kind of keeps me, like I'm, I'm right now up and coming, right? Entrepreneur and uh, building the community. And I'm experiencing different uh, behavior, behavior on, on my communities uh, part than I ever experienced before on Pixel Perfect, my Israeli blog, which I started in 2011, and Hacking UI, which I started in 2013. So both of them, I built like this whole like email list through weekly newsletters, and I still like the community is used to now the newsletter on Pixel Perfect, so they still read my I have huge open rates, like very nice open rates and mm -hmm. read rate and click rates. And in although like the Creativepreneur community, I have a small list. And they barely open emails, like barely read and barely click through. I can send an email out to, and I'm sharing this with you guys, you're my community. Like I'm sharing my emails out to, um, I have now 1200 people on, on the list and I'm sharing the, the, an email that I spilled my heart out. Like really like gave super value, like super, everything I know, here you go, wrapped up in a bowl in, in an email. And the, the open rate, like out of 1200, maybe uh, between 200 to 300 will open. 
Um, any click rates that I would like would probably be about like, I guess sometimes even four to 10 people that click through mm -hmm. and 1,200 people. It's um, getting harder. Yeah. But I think harder. it's because of the consumption <coughs> behavior of people today. You've done a good right. job of training your pixel perfect people from the beginning. Right. That every email is going to be awesome, right? And there was less confusion of, well, do I listen to the podcast to get that content? Mm -hmm. Do I watch the videos to get that content? Where should I go? Social mm -hmm. media wasn't sort of as strong and, and as, right. as prevalent as, as it is today. Now everybody's confused and there's so many different places to publish. Right. So having an email plus having a podcast plus having a YouTube video, the thing is, I think you're still doing it right. You can't mm -hmm. force a person to consume content in a way that they don't want to. Right. So by, by being everywhere, in a sense, you are still reaching people because there are people who are watching this right now who will never listen or read your emails, right. but you're still connecting with them. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are gonna only read the emails because they don't have time to watch or time to listen. Mm -hmm. So in effect, you are actually being able to and opening up to more possibilities that way. So I, it's hard to compare 2011 Pixel Perfect to 2019 you know, creativepreneur, right. um, but, but your reach may be even bigger, at least your possibility for reach is bigger because an email list is just internal versus your podcast and YouTube, which is external. So yeah. people can find you now, people couldn't find you via email. So, right. you know, yeah. but, but I also know there are some brands like Paul Jarvis, the, the author of uh, Company of One, yeah. he has a weekly newsletter and it's getting massive open rates because that's his, that's his number one thing. It's yeah. just that, if you go to uh, P... PJRVF, it's yes. like Paul Jarvis without the, yeah. Right, if PJ. you go there, yeah. it's just a call to action to subscribe to his right. newsletter. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a combination of being focused, but also Paul started a long time ago again when email was stronger. True, yeah. true. All right, going back for a second to something that you told me before that you're doing, I don't know if, if you want to talk about it or not, but basically uh, writing, guides and sure. like uh, versus writing blog articles right because it's something that you're doing now in order to again be more focused it's that's a, absolutely right i mean we so here here's kind of the current state of my blog i publish a blog post and it'll get six thousand visitors like that's a good number but yeah. i publish a podcast and it has over a hundred thousand listens wow and the blog sometimes takes more time because it has to go through an editing process and the yeah. you know all that stuff. So it's like, why are we, we writing these little blog posts for only six thousand people? Um, maybe we can use some of that on the on the podcast content instead. But I look at the most popular articles on the blog, which were written a long time ago. It's the meaty guides that we've created, the podcast, the how-to podcasting guide, the how-to affiliate marketing guide, the how-to email marketing guide. It's not just like five tips for email marketing. It's literally right. like pages long. I mean, 20,000 words, 30,000 words. And so we're actually gonna stop the sort of filler posts every week and only come out with these giant guides. Got it. And not, I don't mean giant as a, like they're always gonna be that, that, that word length, but giant as in it's just gonna be the best on that topic. Yeah. And when it comes high to quality. keyword research, high quality. When it comes to keyword research, there's gonna be no more confusion. Because right now we have like 100 articles about affiliate marketing. How is Google supposed to know where to point people to? Right. So if we were to narrow it down to the 15 most popular articles and sub-articles about affiliate marketing, mm -hmm. all in, encapsulated into one sort of guide that is, on, that is a web-based guide, um, then Google should have no problem understanding that that's, like, that's the thing that needs to be pushed up. Yeah. And that's gonna be shared more. That's th those are the articles that are being shared more and discovered more. That's what's driving most of the traffic on the site. So why not do just do that? Yeah, I think that it's a great thing because one, it gives you a better discoverability. Um, again, like you know, talking about Google these days, right. probably will favor huge, high quality articles. And we can target what guides we want to create based on mm -hmm. just what people are searching for. Right. So so basically, it, like it's better for Google. It's better for your users. It's also in a way, I think like everybody should do it nowadays in, in a world where uh, it's like so many articles and everything, just like if more people were to just make great guides better and stuff, under topics yeah. they know and they can help others with, it's, it would be better. What I'm excited is for people to know, okay, when something is published on SPI now, like it's gonna be epic mm -hmm. versus 
now I don't feel like if people miss an article, they say, oh, I'll get the next one when I come. Because right now on the podcast, like people don't want to miss it. Like they get upset when I miss a deadline. And it's definitely not that case on SPI. I want when SPI comes out with something, a guide, I want people to know, to go, when is the next one coming out? Like, let me know, or how can I get notified? Like, yeah. we can even let people know in our content calendar, like, nice. hey, in September, this one's coming out. In December, this one's coming out. Yeah. And that will help our focus tremendously and not just add more noise to add more noise because there's just way too much noise out there right now. Yeah. So can I ask, because you probably thought about it, uh, can I ask about your process of writing those guys? Because you probably thought about how am I going to write these guys? Like, yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure they come out every like two months. And also, what is your take on how are you going to uh, maintain those? Um, the yeah, great question. I'll start with the last one. So the, the idea is to have like the 2020 guide to email marketing, 2020 guide, and just mm -hmm. not always feel like we have to create new guides, but always make sure that those are the most updated. Got it. So when there are updates, like real time, we'll go and update them, which mm -hmm. means maybe we add a new chapter, or maybe we go back and delete a chapter, or we add to an existing chapter. So do you have your team ping you when, I mean, you probably, like if you put out a guide, you have so much things going on in your business and, and life that in a year from now, you're, you probably even not even think about it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, the idea is to have them be as evergreen as possible, but of course, podcasting, for example, is changing, so we would add new things as they're discovered, and we would have, you know, uh, a regular check-in with each of those guides to make sure they are up to date. Yeah. Um, but in terms of how those things are produced, it always starts with what the biggest topics are that we can provide my, our, my audience for, what are the biggest questions that they have, and then use keyword research. So we use a tool called Ahrefs. Got it. And by the way, I just listened to your episode with... Um, oh, with Tim? Yeah. Okay, so just going back. So I listened to your episode with Ramit Sethi, which yep. was amazing. You guys should listen to Thank it. Thank you. Uh, SPI, uh, one of the latest... 374. SPI, 374. And then uh, at the end of the episode, and I love that you did that, you actually reference to the Ahrefs part. And I think it's a great thing because usually when you read articles and they refer you to keep reading, mm -hmm. that's what you did. You call to action. You're like, okay, so if you like this, you probably would also love an episode that I just enjoyed recording recently, which is Ahrefs. Um, you had a little giveaway also going on, and mm -hmm. um, I think it was great. So I went and listened to the Ahrefs oh, cool. ones. Yeah, yeah so. and Tim's cool. He makes SEO a little <coughs> bit easier for people to understand, and, yeah. and he's, he's great. And Ahrefs allows us to go, okay, uh, email marketing. We type in email marketing and we get all the search stuff. And that, that to, to me, it's less about search volume and keyword competition. It just means, okay, within the realm of keyword or uh, within the realm of that keyword email marketing, what do we need to talk about? Okay, email marketing strategies, email marketing tips, email marketing platforms, email marketing you know, growth, email list growth, like all the little sub keywords. Yeah. The more that we can tackle all those keywords in this guide, the more likely Google is gonna go, oh, here's the resource because it actually covers all these things that people are searching about, right? Yeah. And then what happens is we then turn it, like it's it's essentially like writing a book right. about email yeah. marketing. It's, it's a huge process. It's a huge yeah. process, right? Yeah. So chapter by chapter, blog post by blog post, they then turn into you know a, a book with a table of contents in, in, in a sense that one leads into the next into the next and I think that'll help for SEO too because what's gonna happen is people read the first chapter we're gonna tease the next chapter and people click yeah. through and that helps with SEO because how many pages people visit per visit is very important yeah and time on site is very important for SEO as well so that'll right. help increase the ranks and then of course tackling each subtopic it's gonna be okay how can we tackle the topic of email marketing platforms, which is the keyword, let's break it down. Let's let's make the most epic article about that. And that becomes yeah. chapter, whatever chapter that is. And then the next keyword, okay, uh, email list growth. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's tackle that topic and write the best about that. You yes. know, and then it's a big project. Yeah. But we go, okay, like this instead of publishing every week, we're still gonna be writing every week. Yeah. It just all is being put packaged into something much nicer and it just is less random. Yeah, and I think it, it goes uh, in correlation with super fans because I think you know building an online business and community is about doing the things that others just don't do. And when you write a huge guide on this topic, that's something that a lot of other people will not go through the trouble to you know right. write a proper guide. And so the website's going to be redesigned to feature these guides. Um, probably in December you'll see it, but by then we should have an affiliate marketing guide, which we kind of already have. We just are going to design it yeah. better. Uh, an email marketing guide, uh, podcasting, of course, um, business administration. 
So like getting your LLC, taxes, yeah. uh, finances, hiring a team, insurance, like all the not sexy stuff with business, that's gonna yeah. be a guide. And uh, probably publishing will be one too. You're the first nice. to hear about that. Wow. Because we're, we're gonna be publishing a lot of books. We have super fans coming out. Yeah, I want to ask you about that sure. as well. Yeah. Um, so publishing, like publishing the book, because first of all, I wait for the guide, I'll read the guide once it comes out, but how, what's your publishing process? Like, how do you, how do you do what you do? Because, I mean, you're so busy. How do you get so much stuff I am, out? I am busy. Now, this is a special book because it was a book that I've, uh, I actually experimented with a new way to publish, and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. Um, I actually hired a company to help me ghostwrite it. Nice. And I didn't like what it turned into. Um, this is a very reputable, reputable company. I'm not going to say any names or anything, but uh, they've helped a number of my friends, and I thought they would be helpful for my process too. And what? Uh, so the the process is like a very long interview process mm -hmm. to extract the information and have a ghostwriter write it right. so that it still sounds like me, mm -hmm. and it is me because it's my interview answers. Yeah. But what we ended up coming up with just didn't like. There's so many personal stories in this. Uh, in this book mm -hmm. that it just didn't feel like those those weren't the right words I would say it's not how I would frame yeah. it mm -hmm. so I just was like okay that that didn't work and, and sometimes you oh. got to try things like that and, and yeah. what works for one entrepreneur might not work for another right um, but I have read and I've benefited from many books that were written by this company so I thought it was a good fit but it wasn't so then I was just like oh you know I'm so busy maybe I won't have the time to write this book and that, that's why I hired this company because I just didn't right. have the time yeah. So November 2018 is about to come about, and I decided that I was going to challenge myself for one month to take part in a uh, annual challenge called NaNoWriMo. Have you heard of that? I heard about it through you. Through me. Like, so yeah. that's National Novel Writers Month, and it's something that happens every year in November. Uh, people challenge themselves in this community to write 50,000 words, writing every day to finish a novel. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to write every day. And uh, I'm also going to share how many words I write every day on my Twitter and Instagram and just see what happens, see if I can get this book done. Yeah. And what ended up happening was I finished it on, uh, I think, December 6th, my birthday. So oh. not exactly a month, but writing every day made it so that it just got easier and easier and easier. And, and that's, yeah. that's so important. Like the first few days were such a struggle, but I started and I just got something down on paper or typed it out and uh, eventually just started to pick up steam and and so I wrote this whole book in about a month and, and a week um, for the first draft yeah which is just uh, incredible because yeah. I just forced myself to write every day will it fly took a year and a half wow. to write because it was just that was my first big business book and it was a huge yeah. mental struggle and uh, I used the same process for both when it came to writing uh, these uh, books and it was so I worked on will it fly for a really long time and then I almost gave up and then I hooked up with our good friend Azul okay. who taught me that I can just break the book up into different sections and treat each chapter like yeah. a blog post awesome. I was really good at writing blog posts the whole book was just this giant project that was weighing down on me so I started to think of it less than a book then mm -hmm. made up uh, just much of a bunch of different blog posts so I immediately started that sort of mindset when writing super fans myself and it really helped kickstart much faster and things always get easier the more you do it right with shooting video podcasting yeah. writing books but um, before you put pen on paper or start typing any of your book I mean the most important thing is understanding why you want to write the book in the first place right because yeah. if you are just doing it because everybody else is doing it then like why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And with Will It Fly, it was really an answer to people's most common question. Like even the language and the subtitle came directly from the conversations that I had, you know, how to, you know, test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. Right. And with Superfans, this was more call to action for people based on a lot of conversations. And I actually validated this idea on stage. Like you said, you heard me talk about it on stage before, and that's what gave me the encouragement to write a book about it because I validated it not through one-on-one -on -one conversations, but through the conferences that I was speaking mm -hmm. about. Um, so understanding why you want to write the book is most important, how it's going to be a part of your business, or what do you want it to do for you. And then when it comes to actually sort of what's inside the book, it always starts with, you know, uh, starting starting with um, 
the, like trying to figure out the outline, right? Because the outline determines what the chapters are gonna be. Yeah. So I use a process that involves a lot of post-it notes. I love post-it notes. Nice. And so once you have your topic nailed down, what I usually recommend, and I use this process for everything. Yeah. You have post-it notes there? I am a designer and I do design sprints and I always have post-it notes. Dude, post-it notes me. are so great, right? Yeah. And I use different colors for different things too, if I can hold them. Yeah. So yeah. what I usually do is just, okay, I have this topic of super fans that I wanna write a book about. Mm -hmm. One idea per post-it note, just anything that comes to mind about that topic, just boom, write it down, pay, like boom, boom, nice. boom, boom, boom. So you have this like sea of post-it notes. And the whole reason why that's really important is because you need to get those things out of your brain somewhere mm -hmm. so you can see them and then organize them because yeah. your brain can't it, it's it's not good at coming up with ideas and ordering them at the same right, time right you have to so do brain them first and then brain them first as much as you can and then you can start grouping them mm -hmm. and seeing what the patterns are or hey all these things are together and these things are together these things are together okay well which one makes sense first and then those groups become chapters and then you can move those post-it notes around. You could scrap some, you can put more in there. Uh -huh. And then it just magically like appears in front of you. There's your book, there's your yes. outline. And then when you write a chapter, you just take one of those post-it notes and then put it on your computer. That's all you're thinking about right now. Got it. And then once that's done, you can put it aside and then pick, pick the next post-it note. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I found useful is like, I don't write the book from start to finish. I, I start writing the book wherever my, creative energy wants to start. So a lot of times I'll start in chapter eight just because that's something that I know a lot about and that I'm excited about that day. And then that just gets my juices flowing, you know, and then once that chapter's done, um, and, and, then, and then the other part about this is like, you do not want to edit as you go along in the first draft. <laughs> you have to just write. And I've heard some people, I didn't do this, but I heard some people, they write, before they start writing, they like take a screwdriver and take out their delete key. Oh so God. that they, they, they that they, and it's the hardest thing to do because oh, man, you have to realize hard. that your first draft is going to be just crap yeah. but you have to get all those things out and I, if you, I edit an email when i write an email i edit it i just i can you know it's it's a different part of the brain it's a yeah. different part of the brain so if you try to do both at the same time you're never yeah. going to be fully expressive those right. ideas aren't going to come out you just need to be just like a sketch yeah. You're sketching with words though. Yeah. It's going to be messy, but then the next time you go around, you know which lines to darken, you know which ones to erase. Yeah. And then, you know, af you know, after that, then you can find a, a copy editor. Um, there's different kinds, you know, copy, a copy uh, person. So a copy editor is different from just an editor, right? There's an editor that many people think about, which is like for grammar and spelling and that uh -huh. sort of thing, right? Like that's sort of step two. The, the step one after you have your first draft is to get a copy editor. Yeah. A copy editor helps you with, okay, does this make sense? Is there something missing? Is there a story that's needed? Is yeah. this, is this, this, did I forget to close a loop somewhere? Mm -hmm. Like a copy editor is gonna help you understand like, is this you know ordered in the right way? And then your editor, your sort of general editor is gonna help you, you know, with the grammar and spelling and stuff. How, how do you find those people through Azul or like did you already know them? Through Azul, yeah, definitely. Okay. Through Azul. So having people in the in the publishing industry and Azul has a lot of great, you know, Born to Write is a good podcast to yeah. listen to if you wanna. Yeah, and so Azul Torrenes, uh, Coach Azul, you guys can check out the episode I actually interviewed him on. So just search in, in the podcasting app or on YouTube, you'll find the, uh, the interview with him and also uh, the podcast Born to Write. So yeah. He's, Great right. person. So you can see there's a lot to publishing and, and we're just scratching the surface, which is yeah. why I think a guide on this, walking people from start right. to finish. And then of course, in our, in our guides will be the, the beginner guide and then the advanced guide, just like with podcasting, I have two courses, a beginner podcasting course and then an yeah. advanced podcasting course. But um, with publishing, I mean, it's just been very rewarding. Will It Fly, even though it was published three years ago, um, is now published in I think seven different languages, self-published and you know, over 50,000 people have read it and I still wow. get emails every day from people who say that it's affected their lives and wow, that's the cool thing about a book, it's, it's evergreen and also makes you more an authority. I mean, just the right. book alone can get you on more stages, it can get you on other podcasts, right. like, it's a great tool. Right. Um, would you say, by the way, stages are uh, essential for, uh, you know, before I ask this question, um, I, like, one more question about your uh, publishing process. Like once you uh, do the sticky notes for the chapter, you don't do sticky notes for inside the chapter, like mapping out. Oh yeah, you can. You can oh, yeah, okay. I've done that too, especially mm -hmm. when, 
because you know it's it's almost like expanding on that one post-it note right right so yeah you can go multi-levels deep for sure whenever mm -hmm. you're just in a discovery phase like use that post-it note process for Got sure it. so i want to ask you because you sat down every day and wrote this book you have a business you have a family you have everything else going on i mean i find myself sometimes like really like genuinely like i i want to get more done in the day but I just feel I don't have the, the, the capacity to do so. For sure. Um, but I find, I find out the more I go along and I meet people like you and other people like that are very successful, um, that you have the discipline to do that. You have in a way, uh, you make it work. So what, what would you say are your tips for like mm -hmm. doing so? That's a fantastic question, uh, Siki. Um, because it's true, we all have the same amount of hours every day. Some people okay. just happen to be more productive than others, it seems. Why? Yeah. And I think the discipline is very key. Mm -hmm. The discipline to open that computer and start writing at that time when you have it in your calendar. So scheduling, time blocking, honoring that time block is really important. Got it. I think the most important thing is the priority aspect mm -hmm. though, because we all have many things to do. And the truth is when you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. And I'm not gonna say no to my family, right? So right. that I didn't like lock myself away or travel to some remote island for a month to get this mm -hmm. done. I it was done at the house yeah. and I didn't bleed into any of that time. But what I did do was leading up to November, I recorded more podcasts than I ever published or po recorded before so I can get ahead on uh -huh, that got so it. that yeah. in November I can get some of that time back. I stopped watching Netflix. Like mm -hmm. I didn't do any sort of extra curricular activities. You don't watch with April, like some show? No, we do. Like, we we oh, okay. do. But I said, hey, for this month, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to do it because I'm okay. going to be focused on writing the book. Right. There are, if, the truth is, if you really want something, you'll make it happen, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I had to have this mindset because it's true. I really wanted to finish this book. I, I really felt the need to yeah. do it. And because of that, I made sacrifices in other parts of my business. And yes, maybe yeah. Netflix time or video game time or things like that. Yeah. Um, Sacrificing sleep is something that a lot of people talk about, and I used to do that, but we were talking about this before we started yeah. recording. Sleep is just so important. I think right. getting an extra hour of sleep will give you more results than staying up an extra hour. Right. And yeah. there's been a lot of studies and things about, about yeah. that. Just, um, by the way, if anybody wants, I'll even link it in the show notes. Uh, just uh, search Joe Rogan's podcast on sleep. It was amazing. Like, he brought a sleep expert, and he was just like, it's, it's scary and it's uh, very important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely get seven hours of sleep, people. Don't, don't yeah. compromise yeah, sleep. Yeah, it's true. All right, cool. So like, I just wanna, uh, just to recap about what you just said right now. First of all, people like you have the drive to do something. You said, I, I felt like it was time to get this book out and then you decided. So basically drive, decision. So you committed first, you really committed to this. Once you commit, basically you planned it out yep right i think that's part of me when what that i'm missing i'm missing the planning out like everything for me it's just like oh i want and you know i need to do something but usually i feel kind of late to do stuff so it's kind of like it feels i don't know, it feels like i'm not planned ahead enough sure. in a way maybe but you planned it in a way that you first of all you talk to your family and wife and like, no 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 netflix like for a month now yeah. because i want to get this book out and you planned it in your schedule and like you put stuff in your in your schedule exactly and i feel that also you um as i know you more and more i know that you're planned out you're a person that is really you know planned ahead um <clears throat> definitely something that i need to get more into um and then the discipline to just sit down and um Honor your schedule that you said. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. You know, um, that's uh, that's the key. And it, it wasn't always like that. I was not always as disciplined. But I found that that's been the common denominator with all my most successful project projects is that commitment, and then just the discipline and and just making it happen. Yeah. And you, you you know this 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 you get it you get it in the rhythm and the snowball starts to get bigger and bigger and and i mean that in a good way you know it's yeah. like an object at rest tends to stay at rest until acted for uh, acted upon by an outside force but once the object's in motion it gets to pick up speed and accelerate and so the start is always the hardest thing yeah it's just just start like just start just start and uh, i think that's a great way to wrap this episode pat dude thank you so dude. much really Thanks, appreciate man. it it was great 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 uh um coming over here and thank you for inviting it's not really me good to catch up man like yeah. i'm so proud of everything you're doing and, and you're here to see you. like a new client in the u.s and it's just like i'm so proud of you and, and i know how far you've come and you're growing mm -hmm. 
every time I see you, you you've, you've stepped up into this role and are doing big things and uh, just say keep going. Thank you, man. Really, really appreciate it. So everybody, check out. First of all, uh, you know, if you if you haven't heard us before, if you cut just the end of this episode, be sure to take a screenshot. If you're listening to the podcast format, so just take a screenshot of this part of the episode and share it on social media. Tag Pat Flynn at Pat Flynn and Sagi Schreiber at Sagi Schreiber, and just we'll make sure to also share um, this on our channels and. Also, um, we're going to give away 10 books of uh, super fans Thank you. that once it comes out, either uh, audio format or video format or, um, or uh, hardcover, you choose, but we'll, we'll give it away. So be sure to tag and share on social media. And do thank you so much. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. What an episode. I hope you enjoyed this and learned from it. And like, really, this is, there's not a lot of opportunities, um, at least for me, I know, and I bet for you as well, to get together with some amazing entrepreneurs like Pat and just like talk openly about these kind of topics, right? I mean, um, how we are limited as up and coming entrepreneurs um, with the content, like, you know, being our message being vaporized by algorithms and, and um, all these sources and how we can actually manage to make an impact, manage to make a difference, manage to build super fans. So be sure to participate in the giveaway, everyone. Just really just, it will be amazing to see all your uh, Instagram stories and, and uh, tweets if possible. And um, be sure to tag us at Pat Flynn and at Sagi Schreiber. And we will be definitely in touch and we'll let you know who the winners are. And I will share that on my Instagram stories. So, and also here in the podcast. So everybody have an amazing day, night, wherever you're on the world and see you in the next episode. You can't try to be interesting yourself. You have to be interested in that. You can provide value, not just based on your experience, but the experience of others.